What's Justinda having for dinner? Episode two, Steve McQueen. So, yep. Hello, everyone. Um, my name is Damien Lynch. Uh, welcome to What's Jacinda Having for Dinner. This is a podcast about the power of empathy to bring about inclusion. Um, we're going to be talking about and sharing examples of leaders in their fields who we feel show empathy and have had brilliant success as a result. Um, and we're also going to be talking about food, which, like empathy, is a, a globally uniting force. Um, I've used the term we a couple of times. Um, it's not just myself. It's also um, uh, my friend and colleague, Charlotte Butler, um, who is uh, also on this podcast. So, Charlotte, tell us a bit about yourself. Thanks, Damien. I'm Charlotte Butler. I am a diversity and inclusion trainer. Uh, what that means is that I go into companies, all different types of organisations, and help them become more inclusive. And the way that we do it, and Damien and I work together often on this, is that we try and build a sense of empathy for difference, empathy for what it feels like to be excluded. So that's the basis of this podcast, is, is bringing about a sense of empathy that we can then apply to our day-to-day work. Amazing. Thanks, Charlotte. Um, and yeah, I'm Damien. I'm, I'm a professional actor um, and also a, um, a training facilitator. Um, I work uh, and have been working in theatre, uh, TV and radio. Um, Charlotte and I have worked together for quite a while. Um, and uh, whenever we do work together, um, we normally end up talking about our, uh, our heroes, uh, what's going on in the world from an inclusion standpoint. Um, and yeah, that often uh, takes place uh, in a pub uh, with a packet of crisps or a packet of salty peanuts. Uh, <laughs> uh, dry roasted, come on, you know, we're not... Uh, Yes. Uh, um, and, um, yeah. So we thought that this would be a, a really good way to to kind of um, uh, copy that experience, I suppose, really, and talk about people that we admire uh, who are really making the difference from an empathy point of view. So each episode will feature someone we admire who has demonstrated empathy in their leadership. We'll talk about what makes them do the things they do, what has made them successful and how we can learn from them. We'll also be delving into their favourite foods too, because everyone's human and we want to know what's in their shopping basket. So without further ado, our dinner guest today is... Steve Steve McQueen. McQueen. So Steve McQueen. So Damien, what is it about Steve McQueen that particularly inspires you? I think for me, first and foremost, it's it's his background. He's a a black man from London. Um, He's of Caribbean descent. He's not interested in the mainstream. Um, He's an artist. I think that for me, he's a bit of a role model. You know, my parents are Trinidadian, I believe. uh, I think one of his parents is from Trinidad. Um, And he also is interested in in telling stories uh, and and a certain amount of representation from that community. I know that he's he's just been working on um, uh, a series called Small Acts, I think, which is coming out either this year or, or, or next year, focusing on stories set within London's Caribbean community. Mm. Uh, and for me, it, it, it's really great to have um, people like that who are uh, trailblazers, who are uh, groundbreaking. You know, this this is a man who comes from a, a, a similar background uh, in terms of where his family is from to me. And, and it's, it's, you know, I look at 
I look at what he's done and it's inspiring um, because you think if Steve McQueen, if Steve can do it, I can do it. And I think it's really important um, to have those uh, role models, I suppose, from uh, people who come from your community. I think there'll be, you know, I'd like to think other um, uh, young um, black males who will be able to look at someone like Steve McQueen and think this is achievable. No, mm. um, this is someone who was, uh, who is the same color as me. who's come from the same background as me and he's doing really well. And that means that I can do really well. I think it's important to be able to have those people to look up to and to kind of, um, blaze a trail for want of a better word. Mm. Well, in my view, he is an absolute genius and also frankly and maybe this is just me but I I feel he's incredibly undersung uh he's won the Turner Prize he's won an Oscar for best director um but I don't know it feels like in the UK certainly where I'm based um he, he should be talked about every single day but for some reason he doesn't seem to have that massive notoriety that many artists and directors do and i i wonder whether damien is because he's he's living over with you in yeah over in so steve and i are great pals uh <laughs> <laughs> yes steve mcqueen um uh lives in amsterdam uh, apparently he's lived here for about 16 years um which uh which is interesting um yeah he i i, I love his work and i um love what he stands for as a person i think that um one of the things there was an interview that he gave in the guardian i think a couple of years ago where he, where he talks about the fact that um it's for him it's all about the work you know he's not interested in in the fame and yeah. the fortune and and obviously his his work has um reached hollywood and, and has had a global appeal and has won awards but actually what um what spurs him on and what he's passionate about is is the work and telling the story and being honest um and i find that i really admire him for that and i find that quite inspirational mm. yeah absolutely and i think i mean his the first big film that he gained notoriety for obviously was in 2008 and it was hunger um about you know the the plight in northern ireland and hunger strikes there and you know reading through his was his amazing impressive list of work what struck me was like that was something that he obviously felt this was something he could convey in yeah. his work but what I love about and what, what why I think it's relevant in terms of an empathy standpoint is because obviously this is someone who has um, grown up in West London um, experienced institutional racism um, in schools which has later been admitted by schools that this is what was going on in that in that time which was I suppose the kind of late 70s yeah. early 80s um, but, but you know the choice of film was about um, hunger strikes in Northern Ireland which he wouldn't have experienced personally yeah. directly but his in immense ability to build empathy with what those people were going through at that time just means that he's you know he brings this such a powerful storytelling focus to be able to put himself in the shoes of, of those people. Um, and I think that's something that he does in all of his work, doesn't he? He's, he's as you say, he's all about the work. He's all about the, the, the telling of stories. Um, and, you know, I love the fact also, um, when, I think it was actually in that, in that article as well, where he says, they, they ask, you know, the interviewer asks, who would you like to play you in a film yeah. about yourself? Which is a good question for, to put to a, you know, a, a film director. 
and he says Jodie Foster and I just I love that because I think she's an absolute you know uh, an amazing artist herself very powerful um, yes. actor and a, a very empathy driven actor herself but you know he managed to kind of um, what's the word he manages to totally oversee the, the kind of two-dimensional differences that they have in terms of their gender, uh, yes. their race. Uh, you know, I just love that. I think that he's a very transcendent um, individual and I think that that creates such power in his work. Absolutely. I, I totally agree. I, I think, um, I mean, his work, I think, I, I find he's very emotionally intelligent in terms of um, uh, in terms of how he directs and how he writes. And, you know, he, he, he he's interested in the truth. He's, I think he's not afraid to tackle... Um, difficult uh subjects uh and some uncomfortable subjects and some of his films i mean you know we talked about hunger uh shame is another one and 12 years mm. late you know some of the stuff that he puts on screen is is actually quite uncomfortable to watch um mm. but mm. there's no he doesn't apologize for that he's like well this this is mm. what's going on this is the truth of the situation and, and you have to watch it really and and there's a particular scene in 12 Years a Slave, I think, which is very uncomfortable viewing, um, uh, where Chiwetel Ejiofor's character is, is kind of on, you know, outside, possibly mm. 12 or 24 hours. Um, and it's, it, you're, you're seeing it kind of from his point of view in terms of who he's being surrounded with. And it's very, very difficult to watch, but it's so powerful uh, what he does visually um, that you can't, you can't take your eyes off what's going on on screen. Um, so yeah, I, I, I agree. I think he's he's uh, he's kind of groundbreaking in, in what he does, really, um, and unapologetic. So he, re- he really mm-hmm. makes you as the audience member or you as as the viewer kind of feel the the sting of, of, of each kind of indignity uh, uh, lash mm-hmm. that, in particularly in Twelve Years a Slave, that the that the um, protagonists are going through. And, and so you're there. So in terms of kind of empathy, like he, uh, I think he has, what he does, he, he puts you as the viewer in um, uh, in the scene, as it were. You are mm. connecting to it in a, in, a, in a cultural and visual way, which is something that not every, not all filmmakers uh, and directors do, I think. So it's particularly um poignant and 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 um specific for him i think absolutely i think you know thinking about the empathy part as well you know he's got that obviously as you've said going running through all of his his film work but obviously he's he's an artist you know he's a turner prize winning artist that's how he studied he studied at chelsea college of art in london um and his his fairly recent work the the year three project which i know I think toured around the UK, but was based in, in the yes. Tate Britain for a time. Um, I have to say, I didn't see it. I really wish I had done, but the, the premise is very simple. It was portraits of seven and eight year olds uh, around Britain from different schools who are, you know, demonstrating who's in year three. And from my perspective, I think, you know, I work in the, the field of inclusion, trying to help people um, recognize their own biases, recognize that the way they see the world uh, isn't necessarily the way the world is, um, this sense of. I think what that work did was help people realise what the UK looks like today uh, from a sense of diversity. 
having worked in the field of inclusion and, and talking a lot about unconscious bias and people having this sort of sense of what we think normal is, um, I think what Steve McQueen did there was was just literally hold a mirror up to this is the future of our country. Yeah. These individuals, these children are going to be our next leaders. Um, and I think probably there were many people who walked around thinking, wow, OK, that, that's an interesting um that's an interesting depiction of of, of our of our country, uh, and maybe it helped shift some biases away from the kind of traditional. This is what we think the UK. This is what we think kind of cities versus rural parts of the UK alike, um, which is incredibly powerful but very simple. And again, has used empathy um, at the core of that work. I think um, he is arguably the most successful art- artist, UK artist of our time, and I just think more should be said about his ability to to tell stories through empathy. Um, just because he's not a political leader per se, he certainly experienced a lot of injustice um, in, his, in his childhood. And I think he puts that into his work with such great effect that it, it becomes even more powerful. I totally agree. I, and I think that when you, um, you know, you, you read about, the more you read about him and the more you kind of listen to, to interviews he's given, he comes across as someone who, who really believes in the power of um, of honesty and authenticity uh, in being vulnerable. I think he's talked about how he thinks there's, you know, there's real power in being open and vulnerable uh, and being wrong actually at times and, and, make, mm. and listening to people. And, you know, the more that you're open, the more that you listen, how that creates possibilities and opportunities. And when you, um, you read about um, how he works in terms of with other actors uh, and with his crew. It's a very collaborative and explorative Mm. way of working. We're talking about empathy here. So from your perspective as an actor, when you're working with a director who likes being collaborative, that's their preferred way of working. What does that feel like for you? Um, it, it feels, um, you feel inspired actually, because it feels like uh, this director is asking you what you think and trusts you to um, make decisions. And it's also really good because um, when you work with someone like that, you're not afraid of making mistakes. It means that someone mm-hmm. is saying to you, look, I'm, I'm giving you free reign to experiment, to explore, um, I trust that even if you get something wrong, it's also fine. Um, and it means that as, a, as an artist, you feel, uh, you don't feel restricted. You feel quite open to different things. And then in the end, mm-hmm. the end result is, is something that comes out of that ex- exploration, that collaborative process, um, the artistic process, and is hopefully, and, you know, and it's, you can see this by, by the films that that Steve has produced, um, produces uh, a, a, this kind of wonderful, honest, and quite brilliant um, mm. not really. So I think you feel you feel empowered more than anything else. I think um, if you're working with someone like that, because this person is saying, "Look, I trust you. I trust your process. I trust that what you're going to do is going to be great." Um, and I'm, you know, I'm going to kind of lead the way and direct it. Mm. Actually, you know, your your role in this is as important as mine is. And when you work with someone like that, it's really uplifting because you feel like you mm. fly. Actually, you feel like your mm. wings aren't being clipped. You're you're being told go and fly and you know uh, 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 and and do what you're great at. 
Um, and it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's really brilliant to, to work with someone like that. So I can, you know, it's fantastic to hear that that's what he does. And of course the proof of the pudding is in the eating, you know, um, 12 years a slave, hunger, shame. These are all absolutely fantastic, brilliant films in, in terms of subject matter, in terms of how they're written and directed. Um, yeah. So I, it's fantastic uh, hearing that that's how he works and, and yeah. has the, uh, uh, that end result, which is fantastic. And, you know, that collaborative approach works equally well in lots of different settings, yeah. because in order to have this, as you say, the kind of brilliant output at the end, that could be anything. That could be a product. It could be a service. Uh, the point is that the more collaboration you have and the more difference you bring into that collaboration, uh, the better the end result's going to be. And it sounds like, um, as well as being very empathetic, Steve McQueen also obviously doesn't have a huge amount of bias. He doesn't carry that with yeah. him. And the fact he wants Jodie Foster to play him in a film, you know, this is, he's clearly able to see people for what they can bring and contribute, which if you put that into a, you know, a, a business context or any kind of organisational team context, you get the best collaborations when you can rid yourself from those biases yes. because then you, because then you just hear the voices and then you hear the skills and expertise, uh, which it, which is what he does uh, and which is why he gets such brilliant results. And, and the way you describe it is feeling free and feeling like you can fly. So I think, you know, we can learn so much from how he works uh, and the people he works with and the people he surrounds himself with and those ideas. Right. And the end result, he's the most successful artist and, and film director this country's produced so you know it's it, it's absolutely incredible to see you don't have to look very far to see the power of empathy no. and how it pr produces these amazing results frankly yeah absolutely i think and there's something i just wanted to add to that in terms of um uh what i was talking about earlier in him being interested in the work and not the kind of you know all the the the, the fame and the glamour that's around mm. it um is that so he you know he talks about the fact that he's a, he's a west london boy um mm. And he has actually done some uh, work connected to the Grenfell Tower incident, mm. um, and I believe has produced or is or is is producing um, some sort of film or film project. Um, and what I've read, which really stuck with me, was that this is something that he's hoping is going to, you know, highlight what happened at Grenfell. But it's not something that's going to be for public consumption. He's not doing it to try and make money out of it and to take it to Hollywood. It's something that is specifically for that community. And yeah. I, I, you know, I'm assuming it's going to be a case of he'll go there and it'll be, it will play to a, a, a private or select audience. What I love about that is the fact that he's taking something that's um, a really important subject matter um, and has, uh, you know, highlighted many things, both in terms of political uh, and, uh, and and kind of racial things in, in London. And he's not trying to make money out of it. He's doing it because the, the topic matter is, is, so re is so important and so relevant for him and for that community that he wants to highlight what's going on, but it's not something that he's trying to, you know, um, make a Hollywood movie out of. Yeah. yeah. So, he, yeah, yeah. He, just, he just garners a lot of respect, I think, for the way that he works. Yeah, because, you know, back to the, the work he did the earlier part of his career and, and he is able to put himself into the shoes of others. Yes. And in this in this case, the, with the with the potential Grenfell project, 
he will I imagine be helping people tell their own stories exactly. again it's not about him being a West London yeah. boy as you put it it's more like he wants to be able to give those people voices yes. um, which is again the ultimate kind of empathy giving act so yeah he's 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 absolutely incredible and I, I love his humility you know when asked what's your greatest achievement uh, he says having a family yeah. which you know I think he doesn't take things for granted um, which I think is very humbling yes I agree. so um, yeah I mean we we love him and you know frankly he's in Amsterdam Damien so you need to be kind of finding out where he's going Absolutely. best friends with him yeah. Yeah. um you we've been doing some digging around what his favorite foods are haven't we we have indeed. And, yes and uh, what so what's so basically as i did a bit of searching and a few uh piece of research turned up the fact that he loves um asian food specifically uh chinese food yeah. so so damien you've taken this on board haven't you and based in amsterdam you've done some um some reconnaissance some, some reconnaissance exactly yeah um <laughs> so i uh yeah i googled um uh top chinese restaurants in amsterdam um, and came across <laughs> a few uh in in the hope that i would catch steve mcqueen just you know taking a little break from his next project maybe you know having some downtime having some uh, chicken and black bean sauce perhaps yes um i sadly wasn't able to uh to bump into him at my local chinese restaurant but um i i'm not giving up hope i no. uh, firmly believe that steve and i will cross paths over yes. some corn crackers or some noodles <laughs> at some point um so yeah so he talks about um he talks about his favorite food being chinese so we were we were kind of imagining um perhaps what he what he would what would be on the menu for yes. the queen um i have some ideas i think that he might be a fan of uh of uh, crispy duck um yeah, yeah. Uh, and pancakes um mm. i think he'd probably be which is my personal favorite as a starter yeah same, um, same i think he might also be a fan of a chicken and black bean sauce with uh, egg fried rice um mm. or potentially a um uh, chow mein noodles um mm. i think i think steve would appreciate all of those things as as i do really um yes as and as i do do you think he is the kind of individual to when he's going to his local chinese um restaurant maybe it's a takeaway at the moment probably is going to be a takeaway yeah and you know he gets a couple of crispy veggie spring rolls and I maybe just maybe he just has them on the walk back home before he even sees that, you know, his partner and kids, he's just maybe having a couple of those as he's walking along by the canals. I 100% think? think that's what he does. <laughs> um, and then I think when he gets home and they ask where the spring rolls were, <laughs> he's like, oh, they must have just forgotten. I completely disagree with you there because I think he's the kind of, he's displaying the kind of honesty and empathy. He would just go, yeah, I got them and I ate them. They were delicious. <laughs> maybe why would he lie why would you lie yeah it's true <laughs> and they're like oh steve oh steve oh dad dad you oh, oh you <laughs> i can see it happening okay. and i can definitely see you um bumping into him on on said walk with crispy spring rolls i, I think um catching him in the ass I think, yeah exactly <laughs> oh steve that's what you'll say oh, and he'll say sorry do i know you <laughs> Steve, it's me. It's Damien. It's me. <laughs> We're pals. We're pals. <laughs> um, it's going to happen. Uh, brilliant. So this is a section of our podcast where we like to 
to read out a piece of poetry or something that has inspired us. And you've done a bit of research, Damien, on what um, Steve's favourite book, is, you know, what's his favourite poet? I don't know. What, what have you turned up? So um, one of his favourite uh, books is um, Song of Solomon by Toni Morrison. So I thought we'd be quite um, relevant to um, just have some Toni Morrison quotes really inspirational quotes which um are relevant for two reasons one uh because obviously it connects with steve but also because um as you'll see when i read them out i think they're quite pertinent to the to the times that we're living in at the moment um in terms of uh uh yeah politically um what the world is going through in 2020 um yeah so um the first quote from um, Tony Morrison. This is precisely the time when artists go to work. There's no time for despair, no place for self-pity, no need for silence, no room for fear. We speak, we write, we do language. That is how civilizations heal. Um, so yeah, I think you'd agree, quite uh, timely um, words from Tony Morrison there. Um, and what I like about that quote, sorry, Demi, what I like about that quote from her is is exactly how it echoes Steve McQueen's similar outlook to it's not about him. It's about the stories. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's about it's about building empathy for other people's lives. Yeah. Um, and similarly, now it's not about chasing celebrity and being the most famous writer. It's about I just want to be that conduit between. Um, the audience and the other human experience, which is, I th that's what I hear when, when I hear those words. Yes, yeah, completely. I totally agree. Um, and then the, the second one that I found, I think is also quite um, pertinent to the times. I know the world is bruised and bleeding. And though it is important not to ignore its pain, it's also critical to refuse to succumb to its malevolence. Like failure Chaos contains information that can lead to knowledge, even wisdom, like art. So again, I think yeah. that that acknowledgement, you know, at the moment the world is bruised, really, um, and people are suffering all over the world. Um, so I think it's important not to forget that. Um, and as she says, you know, like failure. Chaos contains information that leads to knowledge, like art. I think this, what's, uh, I, you know, being optimistic, I suppose, what I, I think is going to come out of the times that we're living in at the moment, um, uh, some really important and honest um, art, actually, for want of a better word. Mm. Mm. What we're going through right now is unprecedented. And I think that um, artists all over the world are are, you know, furiously writing stories and collaborating mm. and working. And I think I think there's something that's going to be quite powerful that, that will come out of what we're all going through right now. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I also love the line there about we won't succumb to its malevolence. Yes. I think, I mean, certainly it's it's difficult not to sometimes where, you know, you do feel this this in, inequality and and for those people who have been disproportionately been affected by the pandemic you know people of color um 
it's difficult not to feel very bleak about it and yeah. also hear the voices of those who are trying to be divisive. Absolutely. But I, I think instead to, to focus, as you say, on the collaboration, on the art, on the stories, um, which, which is exactly what Steve McQueen does. I think it's, it's a very powerful um, uniting force for all of us. And certainly if we can just have a shred of that in our leadership, um, I believe firmly that, that that is only going to be a positive thing uh, for us and, and for future generations. So, you know, from a workplace context, if you can add a little bit of putting yourself in other people's shoes, trying to tell other people's stories, not make it about yourself. Yeah. Uh, then you will feel uh, that power and you feel that um, amazing uh, results in, in the product, I think. I totally agree. Totally agree. Thanks, Damien. That was that was brilliant. I mean, lovely insights and a really positive way to, to end up this podcast today. Um, thank you all for listening. And we'll be back with you soon, uh, sharing another one of our, our empathy heroes so in the meantime, um, enjoy the spring rolls. And if you're in, if you're in Amsterdam, the, no. so if you're in Amsterdam, take, keep a look out for Damien, who will be uh, wearing some kind of Mac. Stalking Steve McQueen. I mean, honestly, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. That's true. You go for it. You go for it. Thanks, everyone. Cheers. Cheers.